Welcome to the Construction Pals podcast, brought to you by Blue Tape, your source for the latest in the construction world. Hard hats off, headphones on, and let's get started. And I'm your host, Rick Butler from Blue Tape. In today's episode, we're speaking with Ben Barrick, Strategic Partnership Manager at Hearth, about the challenges contractors and renovators face when offering financing to their customers. Hey, Ben, uh, welcome to the pod, man. It's uh, exciting for you to be here, and it's almost like old home week for you, for you and I. How are you doing, yeah, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on here, and uh, it's always good to catch up with you, too. So, Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we see each other at trade shows and stuff like that, and it's always fun. Hey, uh, uh, you got such an interesting background. I mean, you're an Indiana boy. Yeah, uh, you know, grew up in small rural Indiana. Um, I absolutely loved Indiana. You know, me and my wife both spent a long time there. Um, we were actually, you know, we grew up together in high school, went to prom together, reconnected down the road, eventually got married, had kids, uh, moved down here to Puerto Rico, um, where we've been here for the last two years. Uh, kind of a benefit of working remotely, so I can catch some ways when I need to. And uh, uh, it's a little different life than Indiana. So, so you do have a you have a background in the construction field, also, right? Yeah, yeah. So right after, uh, so right before I graduated college, I took a job at a uh, commercial maintenance company uh, in the southeast United States. I, I graduated from Troy University. Um, was there for about a year and a half before the company was sold. Um, I was in sales and a little bit of operations there to get kickstart. Then I started my own business. Uh, right, maybe not the perfect timing. A couple of weeks after Bear Stearns. Uh, uh, ran us in trouble. So right at the beginning of the Great Recession, I started my own business. Uh, ran that you know for five or six years. My brother still operate you know the business. It's kind of gone through a couple of different iterations. Um, I kind of pivoted from there and got into you know sales and management and kind of began my sales career, um, which eventually landed me you know here where I am today at Hearth, uh, where I get to work with thousands of contractors and construction pros every single day, uh, helping them grow their business and really loving what, what I'm doing and really the, the journey to get here uh, has been really great for me as well. What sort of helped you to morph towards seeing financing uh, for contractors, builders in the construction industry, something that you sort of gravitated to? What pulled you to, toward this financing niche, if you will? Yeah, I, I think it really goes back to when I was in sales. I remember sitting in a sales room um, you know, we had a group of like 30 people, 30 sales guys out there. And we, each month we come and have a meeting. Um, and I've told this story a couple of times. So I'd, if, if someone's heard this before, I'm sorry, but uh, I'll call him Alex. Uh, Alex was, you know, young kid, uh, kind of the bottom tier sales guy. And we had financing in place. Like we were selling very expensive things, 60 to $100,000 jobs, you know, every, every single week that we were selling. But Alex was always like a, a lower performer. There's guys in that room that have been selling, you know, for 25 years, really, really seasoned, really great salespeople. Um, we had this great training once about offering financing. Um, and the very next month, reports come out, the scoreboard goes up in that sales room, and Alex is like number two. He's traditionally like number 27. He's number two. And I sold like the second or second or third, like biggest month in company history overnight, basically, like within 30 days, he'd done it. And people asked him like, man, Alex, you know, what the hell did you do 
this month to close as many deals? And it really subtle, simple answer. He's like, you know, just start asking people they needed financing. Asked the you know monthly payments and start presenting monthly payments to them. I think it was like right then I realized um, how impactful it is, not just for businesses, how convenient it is for homeowners, uh, but what it can actually do to like a sales professional's life, how they can actually change their life for the better um, by helping close more jobs, helping close bigger deals, um, having happier customers and just making the sales process so much easier and less stressful. And Alex went on to, I think he paid for his graduate school in cash, paid for the rest of his tuition um, in cash at Purdue University. Um, I know he's got a couple of kids now too. Um, really set up like for the rest of his life. She said that he learned how to sell better um, and financing was such a huge play in that. Well, so when when financing sort of that light bulb and looking at Alex and listening and seeing his story, you you seeing it firsthand and using financing as that light bulb moment goes off in terms of a builder or a renovator, what issues are they facing financially now here speeding up to 2023 that that they're showing and telling you about problems they're having? Yeah, I think you know, I, I, we hear a lot of different stuff. I think it comes down to the individual contractor and the, and the business. Uh, but something that really stands out to me is really the access uh, is what I'm hearing a lot about right now. Um, things, have, Rick, you know, like, things have become really expensive, right? Supplies, labor, the cost of job. All those things have increased in price tremendously over the past decade, especially the last two or three years. We went through like this hyper growth stage for a lot of companies which had a lot of great things come from it, but also create a lot of cash flow issues. Um, forcing companies to really think, you know, how are we going to pay for these things? How are we going to buy materials? How are we going to buy supplies, infrastructure, personnel and payroll? Uh, how's the customer going to pay for these things? So some of the best companies out there are, you know, they, they, they hire the best talent and they use the best materials. They have the, the best product out there on the market, right? Um, but now they have a lot of competition because a lot of competition entered the marketplace in the last couple of years. And so if you're in that position, you know, what do you do to help a customer justify paying more um, while you're trying to keep operating costs low as well? So having access to capital, um, having access to people that can help you, access to the best talent, giving homeowners access uh, to you and your business and making it easy to buy from you. That's increasingly expensive and challenging. Some of the best out there have decided, hey, uh, I know we've done a lot of things the same way for the past two decades, but there's got to be a better way to do it. And then you got some like the new guys on, on the flip side, you got some of the new guys out there saying, hey, we've either got to catch up to the big boys or we're not going to exist next year. Uh, so they need access to the same benefits and the same tools that traditionally reserved for like well-established tenured companies. Uh, but they normally are cost prohibitive, uh, which puts them at a constant disadvantage. Um, so I think, you know, when, when I think about like access, I think about from like almost two different standpoints, it's these well-established businesses uh, that are trying to access, you know, new capital and, and kind of keep their business thriving. And then the access being, um, limited or becoming available for the smaller new businesses to catch up and actually compete. 
So let's let's sort of land there on that small guy, uh, you know, that's trying to catch up with the big boys. And uh, so when when you're hearing feedback from those guys, and um, you know, they're trying to do the catch up, they're trying to expand. Um, what's uh, do you hear like uh, we're going to do self financing? Um, and and for that guy that's coming from that approach, yeah, uh, what's an obstacle? Obstacles. Uh, probably more like it that they're running into when you hear that type of feedback. Hey, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, we, we, let's think about financing from kind of both our standpoints, from like the blue tape and like the heart standpoint, consumer and like, you know, um, uh, material financing. To buy a lot of material, to sell a lot of jobs, you have to front a lot of money. That's very hard for a new company. I've been in that position before. I remember I started my business out of the back of my Prius. <laughs> the, mm. the, the go-to vehicle for all construction pros. <laughs> the 2007 Toyota Prius. Um, and a rear view cam, though. That was nice. That's pretty early on. Adopter of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, you can't go out there selling job after job and expect, hey, we're going to get paid in 30 or 60 days and be able to float that money. You, you can't do that. It's too burdensome for you. So you have to like slow it down. You schedule things out really far. You have to take increasingly larger deposits for people putting their money at risk too because you might maybe use that for other things. When you think about like how the consumer is going to pay for it then, um, you know, traditionally, there's a lot of... Going back to access, traditionally, small guys don't have access to offering financing to customers. They're basically saying, hey, go figure out how to get the money yourself. Here's my price. Um, and the big boy's advantage has always been, we can do this in your home without you leaving. I can secure the contract right now, not to worry about coming back here in the next month, um, secure the money. And that playing field is getting leveled. It's getting leveled every single day. There's so much new technology out there. There are so many new products out there uh, that are helping those small guys win. Um, and the really, really, the guys that are very serious about it are taking advantage of it. And they're starting to see like the fruit from that really bear out right now. Hmm. So it's a time factor as much as it is a cash flow factor. So if I, if I see someone and I'm trying to close the deal, I guess time kills all deals is, has been a problem. And this is sort of, I love that level in the playing field just to repeat what you said yeah yeah i mean i, I think it's definitely timing uh and that's timing for your customer that's timing for your business um if i have to go buy material you know how do i get deposits for that if i'm self-financing it talk about i can't name anything more risky than putting everything on the line and self-financing I mean, people still do it people still will allow payments over the next two or three years out of their own pocket um that seems way too risky for me. Like you don't, you don't have to take that on anymore. This is not Mayberry. Uh, mm -hmm. As much as I would like it, the world to be Mayberry. It's not yeah. Mayberry anymore. And we, you know, you, you we can't take on those risks like that anymore. No. So cash flow is, you know, and, and, and all we are. I, I just say to everybody around here at Blue Tape, I, we're problem solvers. Mm -hmm. And that's something I learned from you. Um, you know, always listening to you and it seemed like you're always solving a problem. And I hear 
uh, cash flow, that phrase being kicked around, sort of define that from not from Webster's, from but from Benster's yeah. <laughs> dictionary, from your dictionary, sort of define for for the folks here, cash flow, why that's a problem, how you're looking to solve that. Yeah. Um, you know, the again, not Webster's, but Ben's simple Indiana terms is do I have money tomorrow for the things that I need to do today? So is it is it that I am doing something right now that's going to strangle me or my business you know the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, next couple of months. I think I think a lot of us, you know me myself included, um fell into the trap of I'll figure this out in a few months. Like it'll come together, it'll work out. Um, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and so a, a lot of what we're trying to do, you know, a lot of what I, I get to do each day is helping people really solve that problem of, hey, you need to be getting paid for your job. And you get paid respectful prices for your jobs. So you get a lot of work going into this. You need to be able to uh, collect payment on your terms. You need to uh, be able to not take the risk of financing a job, but, you know, that's not your burden as a business owner. That is a added benefit you can offer to your customers to make it easier for them. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to take the risk on um, in, in that kind of scenario. So just to clearly differentiate what we do and what you do, I, I'm working with a supplier for um, materials um, to finance those materials uh for that contractor, as an example, you're working with the contractor to finance that project for a homeowner, a residential. Mm -hmm. Would that be a good differentiator from what we do? Yeah. We're helping cash flow, but yep. uh, to do, okay. To two different segments. When, when my supplier or your contractor, when the light bulb goes on, this relieves cash flow, it helps, uh, you know, get the deal closed. What do you think that light bulb moment is for that, for that small guy trying to catch up, close more deals? Where, what do you think in terms of leveraging financing and offering it, where does that light bulb go on for him or her? Yeah, I think what, I think there's so many misconceptions about financing. All financing does is, is create a cash paying customer for you. Whether you're a supplier uh, getting having a contractor buy material from you, you're getting paid cash. Like you're just, that's all it does for you. Um, as a contractor offering financing to a homeowner, all you're doing is turning them into a cash paying customer. The idea that financing and, and credit, those are complicated subjects. And I do not have an MBA. Uh, I've never worked on Wall Street. I've been there a couple of times to visit. Uh, never held a job there before. There's a lot of financial people, really smart, savvy. You want CNBC, you can understand half the things they're talking about. I think that's probably where a lot of people get their financial you know, wisdom from is saying, man, financing sounds complicated until it isn't, until you do it and it's not really that complicated. The light bulb moment usually is um, three things. I'll say three things. Number one, when you realize that... Um, it's not, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's not complicated. Um, 
And all it really does is create cash pay customers for you. Number one, They're, your customers are going to borrow money from a 401k uh, against their house from Uncle Tom down the street from a savings account or from the, the bank you just helped them finance from. Uh, number two is when you realize when you create that buying experience, I'll, I talk about experience and convenience a lot here. Uh, so tell me if I'm boring you with those, but no, no. Uh, when you create a buying experience for a homeowner, um, you tend to sell more often, a good buying experience, you, you tend to sell more often and for higher tickets. Hmm. So who doesn't want to sell? So when you offer financing, uh, you're more likely to close the deal. Who doesn't want to be in that situation? You save time, you save money, you sell more, you sell faster. Turning the coin, uh, you know, you're talking to folks in the construction industry every day. You're hearing back from uh, the people that work with you every day feedback. What's the thing right now, uh, you know, coming from the bottom up, from the small guy up that's just pulling your hair out? Yeah, I'm, there, there's a lot of things. I, I'll give you quite a few things. Um but I don't think a lot of them are new. I, I think from like the financial side, um, there. Let's talk about just overall financial. Um, a lot of people just don't know their numbers. They don't know the actual cost, the actual job cost. They understand what well, the material cost and the idea of the labor that might be involved with it, but not pricing in fixed cost into the job. And the cost of administration, the cost of uh, fuel, you know, adding all your payroll cost in. And really understanding, okay, here is my profit. I need to hit each each job. Um, and whether they're hitting it or not, they don't even know. They think they're making money, but maybe they're not making money. Uh, so that's like the overall financial thing. I, you know, I always recommend, hey, if you're running a business, I know you love your trade, but you're but you've you've got to be business first too. That's the only way you'll be able to continue doing it. Um, you know, invest in yourself to learn that. Whether you're hiring someone to do it for you. Or whether you know you're going to take time to learn from some kid on YouTube that can probably teach you it, or you know take classes, but really understand uh, understand your numbers today, understand where your numbers are going to be in six months and a year, kind of be able to project those out. Um, you have a lot more longevity as a business, a lot more stability too. We always talk about growth. I think companies always think about growth uh, and they neglect it in our industry. Uh, we we talk about growth. You know, we want to hire. X many more guys. We want to grow into these new communities, yeah, so on and so forth, um, without considering the stability. And when you don't have stability in this industry, going back to cash flow, you can be out of you can be out of money. You can be out two hundred thousand dollars pretty quickly. Um, and if you're not stable, you don't have you know the financial stability underneath your company. Um, that's hard to climb out of. You know, if something goes wrong and things go wrong in our industry, right, Rick? Um, things go wrong every single day on every job site. Um, and so you, you you better know where those numbers are coming from. In terms of like the financing side, um, I, I, I'm not going to name names. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, speak disparagingly of, of anyone out there because I think everyone has a place in the market. Um, but I think the, the cost of offering financing um, has become so burdensome not just for companies, but also for homeowners. I think a lot of the fees that are involved with financing um, are putting companies at disadvantage. People are starting to reject the idea of offering financing. 
um, which is going to hurt the bottom line in the long run. Um, I think, you know, without giving like pointed advice about what to do, um, I would encourage people to just understand what they're offering better. Understand, like we we know interest rates are kind of crazy right now, bouncing around, right? Get an understanding of what that means for you know your sales process. Evaluate where you are. Understand how much money you're spending on that, how much money you're making from that, um, and make the best decisions based upon those numbers, not just because I've been doing it this way for five years and we'll keep doing it. Let's go back to you know, let's go back to Ben in that Prius uh, back in the day. You said two thousand three. What's the what's the best thing you could tell that guy and 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 relate it to what we've been talking about? The two things I would tell myself is number one to quit talking so much. Mm. <laughs> Just customers know what they want. Customers are buying for their reasons. You don't have to tell them everything. You don't have to have a plan for. They already have a plan. You just got to shut up and listen sometimes. Listen to what your customers are saying to you. Listen to how they're saying things to you. Who's telling you those things? Um, and listening to their buying habits. I think as business owners um, and salespeople, we think we know. It's this weird disconnect. I don't know why it happens. Um we have an idea about how people should buy from us. But we're also consumers. And for some reason, we have a hard time connecting uh, our consumer brain to our business brain and realize our customers should buy from us this way. But our consumer brain says, but we like buying this way. And those never get connected for some reason in our industry. Not sure why. But if we listen to how our buyers actually consume things, how they actually want to buy things, um, I think we're all at a huge advantage. We see a lot of companies out there like, you can buy you can buy roofs online right now without a sales guy ever going to your house. It's incredible. But people are doing it. Um, and a lot of homeowners are doing it. That's the, that's the new buying habits of consumers. Um, my number number two to pile on there, um, and this is more for the small guy, the small guy who I love. I love the small guy, the guy who has to overcome everything. Um, we talk so much about growth and expansion, and we had this hyper growth stage, uh, you know, those last couple of years, and I think the focus traditionally in construction and contracting is so much about being the big guy. And by being the big guy, you have to be everywhere, right? You have to cover all the geography. It, when I thought when I was in central Indiana, I'm going to grow my business, which means I'm going to expand to six new counties. Well, turns out it's a lot easier to sell 50 more jobs this year in my own neighborhoods, in my own community, versus traveling two hours away each day to sell those jobs. I think if people really are determined to own their market, own their communities, you make so much more money. You spend so much less time. You want to be the go-to guy. When someone has someone at church says, hey, I need a new roof, you want the minister 
to say, hey, Ben is the best roofer in town. You should call him. Like, that's what you should strive for. That's how you grow your business organically. It's, it's a lot cheaper to do it. Uh, it's a lot easier to do it. It's a lot more cost effective to do it. Um, but I think sometimes we get stuck in a mindset where in order for me to grow my business, I just have, I just need more customers. But a lot of those customers are in your backyard already. Mm. All good stuff, man. Those are such good nuggets. I hope the folks are are taking notes and are going to, re- you know, uh, just review this. Um, there's been so many good nuggets. Um, I want to, I want to go sort of sort of start landing the plane here from this aspect. What I'm doing is I'm helping that guy uh, on terms, 30, 60, 90 days at blue tape to uh, use trade credit for supplies and materials, whether that's a supplier offering it or a contractor uh, utilizing and leveraging trade credit. Tell me in a three-story elevator pitch, not the Empire State Building elevator pitch, but the three-story elevator pitch, which you're doing, uh, you guys are doing at Hearth. We are trying to make the selling process easier for contractors. And the Hearth app is going to allow you to become the most convenient person to buy from, thus allowing you to sell more, sell more often, have happier customers, give them a better experience. Uh, you know, how can how can folks uh, get in touch with you and and you possibly help them or point them in the right direction? Uh, yeah, reach out reach out to me on LinkedIn. Reach out to us uh, at Hearth if you want to learn more about that as well. You don't know how much I appreciate your time, brother, and and what I've always learned from you. And uh, I know the folks are gonna, you know, get something. So I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me here. Really look uh, forward to hearing this all across the platforms here. And uh, I've already liked and subscribed to you guys. So I love the podcast. Uh, really look forward to what you guys have in store ahead of us. Thanks, man. You got it, brother. Adios. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe for more episodes like this. For more information on Construction Pals podcast and Blue Tape, please visit bluetape.com.